foolish, maybe I'm blind Thinking I can see through this and see what's behind Got no way to prove it, so maybe I'm lying But I'm only human after all I'm only human after all Don't put your blame on me Don't put your blame on me I want to talk about the cultural phenomenon of He Gets Us and I will not be taking as critical a view as some people have. Um, and in some aspects, I'll be taking a more critical view than some people have. Um, in any case, this is Everything Else, and I'm your host, Nick Stewart. Um, if you don't know, during the Super Bowl, an organization called He Gets Us aired a commercial. And now, don't get me wrong, I did not watch the Super Bowl. I'm a baseball guy. Football sucks and is gay. So I just want to get that out of the way early. But that's besides the point. Everyone has uh, a lot of opinions on this, so I thought I would assess everything from the ground up. I really don't know anything about this thing, um, or I I didn't going in, I should say. So I just thought I'd uh, jump in and see what this is all about. So I saw a million... I think it was about a million tweets and, and posts that said exactly the same thing. Did I just see a Jesus commercial during the Super Bowl? <laughs> I can't quite underscore enough for you how many times I saw this exact statement online. And it's bizarre how, how people just copy each other and post the same things as if it's their original thought. If you want to say the same thing, just screenshot someone else saying it and then post that. That's better than pretending it's your own thing. So I heard enough about it uh, that I had to look into it. So I watched it, and it was that uh, Rag and Bone Man song, Human. I'm only human after all. That one. Uh, it, was, it was popular a few years ago. Shows a series of like black and white pictures of people fighting and arguing, and it crescendos to a title screen that says, Jesus loved the people we hate. He gets us. All of us, Jesus. Then it says the website, hegetsus.com. Now that says remarkably little. It's weird that the commercial got so much backlash when it says so little. But I went to the website and the first thing says, He Gets Us has an agenda. So the organization is called He Gets Us. Good on them for saying they have an agenda. Everybody has an agenda. So I I clicked on uh, read the little read more button it had headings and then beneath the headings it would kind of just expound on the point so i'm just going to go through the headings because that's the main overview of everything they were like the the most crucial quotes out of each paragraph so it starts by saying how did the story of a man who taught and practiced unconditional love become associated with hatred and oppression for so many people so right off the bat, I get the impression that this organization is doing damage control for Christ. Okay, but I'm, I'm trying to reserve judgment. I'm, you know, like maybe, maybe, you know, damage control for the Christian church. That might be necessary in some areas, but um, I don't like people kind of jumping to defend Jesus as if he needed defense. But I'm trying to not be critical, you know. Uh, it doesn't get critical till a little later. So the body of text below 
reiterates that point and then asks how we can, you know, rediscover the promise of love that his story represents. It's just not precise enough. That's really my only gripe up until this point. And the next heading says, uh, the more ideologically defensive we become, the more we are willing to sacrifice things like kindness, patience, and the respect and dignity of others for the sake of victory. Lots to unpack there. So let's take it piece by piece. Um, the more ideologically defensive we become. Now that seems to be saying that ideologies are bad, but I can read it in a way that doesn't quite say that. So I want to be generous in my interpretation. But it goes on to say, uh, the more we are willing to sacrifice things like kindness, patience, etc. So this sounds like rhetoric that I've heard a lot over the last decade, especially. We can't be so committed to our ideology that, that we aren't kind to people anymore. You know, like you heard this a lot with gay marriage being a thing. It was like, well, you know, it's great that you're a Christian and everything, but like it's really hateful to not agree with gay marriage so like just put that aside for a minute and let people be people you know that kind of thing so it seems to me like this website is saying like hey you know don't be so attached to your system of belief that you don't treat people well and i'm not saying that's what it's saying but it kind of sounds like it but it, it implies that these things are like mutually exclusive you know you can have an ideology and hold to it very consistently and also not be a dick to people, you know? I don't I don't know why these things are always associated the way they are when they really have nothing to do with one another. Like, one is a belief and one is a temperament, you know? Like, some people have an ideology and treat other people well, and some people have no ideology and treat other people terribly, you know? But for some reason, we've come to associate the most committed ideologies with the worst behavior toward others. All that to say, the actual term used in this paragraph is ideologically defensive, and that's really what it's talking about. It's being so defensive about your beliefs that you lash out at others. So, okay, I agree, actually. You know, you, you should be confident in what you believe. You shouldn't be defensive about it. It's like I said earlier, um, you know, defensiveness implies kind of a weakness in the belief, and Jesus doesn't need your defense, you know? Um so I, I kind of agree with that sentiment overall, but based on where it goes a little later, I'm not sure that that I would fully, you know, give my support to that statement. It kind of has to be read in context, and I'm not sure if overall context really, you know. So the next big bullet point is many have relegated Jesus from the world's greatest love story to just another tactic used to identify. Uh, intensify our deep cultural divisions. Now, this is something I've had an issue with uh, for a long time. Uh, people have been comparing the gospel to a love story or the Bible to a love letter um, for a long time. Like basically, as long as I've been a Christian, I've heard that. And uh, you know, at the at the end of the day, whatever. Like there are bigger doctrinal issues than that. Yes, the gospel is a story that, that involves love, but what do you think of when you hear the words love story? The Notebook, maybe, maybe Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> you know, that's definitely not the kind of story that we're talking about when we're talking about the gospel. And I know this is a little uh, played out at this point, but I think I can say it. Jesus is not your boyfriend. 
But all that to say, uh, it's not precise and it could be said better, but it isn't the worst thing that I've ever heard. You know, we, we have to pay attention to what the point of the paragraph is. And that isn't the worst thing. You know, the, the point is this, Jesus is not a figure to be used for your political arguments. And yet that's how he's being used. And I have no argument with that. You know, I don't like how they said it, but okay, let's go with what they're saying from there. I think it's the broader context of the whole page that makes it problematic, not the statement in and of itself. Next heading. Throughout our shared history, Jesus has represented the ultimate good that humankind is capable of aspiring to. I don't know if I've mentioned this yet, but this writing is garbage. Uh, They really should have spent more on a better copywriter, such as myself, Um, but that's besides the point. Uh, Statement is probably the most problematic so far, Um, believe it or not, because a lot of people would probably have no problem with that statement, but um, this is the most anti-gospel statement so far. First, and this is kind of neither here nor there, but it says our shared history which I have little to no idea what they mean by that. And I suppose they're talking about humanity and not like the church or not, you know, whatever Americans. And it's just kind of like a shameless attempt to force people to relate to other people and like influence them not to think of other people as their adversaries. And this is kind of what I'm talking about with the poor copywriting. Like it's That might've been the intent behind it, but it's, clunky and unnecessary to say that and it kind of just distracts from the overall point of the heading and it should have been probably edited out like entirely but whatever it says that jesus represents the ultimate good that humankind is capable of aspiring to again just terrible writing but uh, what do you what are you really like trying to say with that? You know, I, th- I think <laughs> saying that Jesus is, is an example of the highest good we aspire to as human beings it says capable of aspiring to. OK, so whatever, uh, which is wrong. It's just wrong. Jesus is an example to a, like a moral example to us, but not merely a moral example. If you're trying to reach non-Christians, which I assume uh, is the purpose of buying ads during the Super Bowl? <laughs> Why wouldn't you point out the most gospelly point that you could at this at this part of the text, which is we all fall short. You know, if the whole point is like all oh, these political divisions, then don't go. Hey, there's a moral example we can follow. You know, say like, hey, we're all as bad as all the other people. <laughs> you know, whoever you are, uh, everyone is a sinner. You know, Jesus lived a righteous life in our place. So we could be counted as righteous, but instead, what'd you say in, in just about the clunkiest and poorly worded way possible that Jesus is an example of living righteously and, and he's not for your political arguments. And this is where I fall off with, with what they're trying to do. Look, I'm a, I'm a presuppositionalist, so I don't go for things uh, like this generally, you know, I'm, I'm generally not in favor of these kind of like you know, like let's, let's try to relate to the culture and then like trick them into going to church. <laughs> Actually, um, Maria Bamford had a hilarious bit about, um, about, uh, church people trying to trick her into going to church. I think I'm going to just drop that right in here <laughs> so you guys can hear it and then come back. 
I don't know if this has ever happened in your neighborhood, uh, but have you ever seen like a new building open up and you're like, ah, oh, I don't know what that is. Like, is this some vague like oasis or like vineyard or victory outreach? You're like, what's that? My neighborhood is called uh, The Rock. And there's a guy handing out some flyers. You coming on down to The Rock this weekend? We got live music, food, drinks, stuff for the kids. Uh, that sounds like church. <laughs> No, it's a teen center with community-based health initiatives and a pregnancy counseling. Yeah, it's church. <laughs> and I would not get mad, but they have genuinely tried to trick me. They want to come to a show? Yeah, where's it at? Cool, new coffee shop. Oh, yeah, what's it called? Crossroads. <laughs> no! behind your Jimi Hendrix font. But I, I'm not totally against getting people's attention with something like this. You know, specifically like, hey, we're, we're sick of political divisions. Like, listen, listen to what we have to say. But then, you know, if you actually hooked them, which presumably you did if they've read this far, you know, you actually got someone to go to the website, you got them to click on this page, and you got them to read halfway down, you know, you hooked them. And then you say what the culture already believes about Jesus, which is that he's an example of how to live right, you know? <laughs> so it's like, why, why would you waste their time? Like, why not give them the gospel, which is actually like the thing they're not expecting to hear? That's the thing. No one who clicks on this who's not a Christian is expecting to hear the actual gospel, you know? And that might have actually been a, a context in which they would have heard it, you know? Next heading. Our agenda is to rediscover the love story of Jesus. Christians, non-Christians, and everybody in between. All of us. Okay, I have quibbles with using the term love story, but I've already talked about that. I have no problem with inviting non-Christians in to hear the story of Jesus, obviously. Next heading. We look at the biography of Jesus through a modern lens to find new relevance in often overlooked moments and themes from his life. So some might have a problem with the word biography there, but I get it. Like story might imply that it's a fable and you're trying to tell people in modern terms exactly what you're talking about. So, okay, biography can slide. I don't really care. But then, but, but just again, in the overall context, it looks problematic because then they say that we're going to look through a modern lens. Uh-oh, 20 minutes to Wapner. My my theological autist is coming out. <laughs> my theological autism is here. 246 toothpicks on the floor. Four left in the box. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> then they say, <laughs> uh, then they, they say that they're going to uh, find new relevance. Whoops. I don't like where this is going, really. Uh, if you're not aware, nobody ever has this approach, this like modernist approach of like, finding new things in the Bible and like turns out with a biblical message, you know, the gospel is the biblical message of Jesus's biography and you're not going to find something new or more relevant in there unless you're sacrificing what the biblical text actually says. In often overlooked moments and themes from his life. Okay. I don't, I don't know what you mean by themes. But okay. Like what theme of his life? Redemption? Yeah, like, so how are you going to twist that into a new and interesting thing that hasn't been said for 2,000 years? 
So I'd be fine with that if if it weren't for them basically saying they're going to look at it with a modern lens and find new relevance in it. Like, sure, you could look at like often overlooked moments. That happens. There's plenty of moments in the Gospels that we don't really talk about that much. But like new relevance really throws me. So I've given I've given kind of a cursory overview of of what the he gets us website is telling us that they're all about. And it's basically, you know, trying to engage the culture with a, a version of Jesus's story that makes him a moral example. And are, you know, they're trying to capitalize on the fact that people are wearied and fatigued by the cultural divisions in our country, you know. And I have no problem with trying to engage the culture with more modern language and more relatable wording. But what, you know, I'm going to butcher this quote, and I don't even know who it's from, but what you engage them with is what you save them to. You know, if this actually appeals to people, it's unlikely that they'll think of Jesus in the proper gospel context later on. You've made him out to be a moral example, and that's what he's always going to be to them. Engage the culture with an actual gospel message. That's what I would say. You know, that message is hated by a lot of people but only because it speaks to everyone. You know, everyone knows that they're guilty. Everyone knows they need redemption and they need to be saved. And it's the same reason they hate it. And it's the same reason that some people respond to it. You know, so let's just, let's do this. Let's engage the culture. I'm all, I'm all for that. But let's do it with an actual gospel message that's not going to confuse people further or, or just confirm things that they already believed about Jesus. Let's do it better. All right, that's all I got for this week. Um, head over to nixiesteward.com for all of your Nick-related needs and head to patreon.com slash nicksteward if you want to support the show for just $4 a month. Uh, payments resume in March, patrons. Be aware. I love you guys. Talk to you next week. I'm